today, Tragically Hip, now let me back up. You heard the other day the announcement that Gore Downey, lead singer of the Tragically Hip, has a brain tumor. Things are not looking good. It's terminal. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen. Hopefully he lives a long life. Hopefully this thing goes into remission and he is with us for a long time and performs many, 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 many more concerts. However, right now the Tragically Hip Tour is kind of being positioned as the last one, your chance to say goodbye, which means that for a band that has a lot of fans, a lot of fans in Canada, these tickets are gold right now. They are hard to get. So when tickets go on sale this morning to the fan club members, so to a a niche of the audience, people thought, oh, I'm a fan club member. I'll get my hands on some tickets. No, they were gone instantly. Just as fast as you can snap your fingers, apparently, those tickets were gone, which made a lot of people online a little furious. In fact, more than a little furious, saying, well, how, how in the world am I supposed to get some tickets ever if I'm online the second they go on sale and I still can't get through? And here's the thing, this is not the topic right now, it's the tragically hip tickets that have led into this, but this happens with some regularity. If you've ever tried to buy concert tickets, you know how hard it is sometimes, if it's a hot ticket, to get in and get those tickets. And what makes people even matter, as we lead into my next guest, is that you can't get through to get the tickets, and then you get bounced and it says, no, there's none available, and you go on to StubHub or you go on to one of these secondary service places, and there's so many tickets, you, every ticket in the place apparently is for sale there, except it's for a lot more money, of course. Well, here to try and walk us through, at least give us some context, explain a little bit the process of how venues and t- are sold are, are sell tickets and all the rest scott warren who's the general manager of global spectrum core entertainment the man who looks after first ontario center and hamilton place and on and on scott thanks for doing this tonight you're welcome do you know here. do you know if uh, folks who are trying to buy tickets the tragically hip are here at first ontario center august 16 as part of their tour were the folks right. here in town having the same challenges today i assume they were I would imagine. I mean, I, you know, I didn't get a, a influx of uh, of concerns or anything, but certainly, uh, you know, you, you got to think about it. This, you know, the, obviously the Charlie Hip being a, the quintessential, uh, you know, Canadian rock band. They're just they're iconic, and and especially with the news of of, of Gord and the terminal brain cancer and this being a farewell tour, like legitimately not. Like some artists had kind of come back over and over and over and over again on farewell tours. This is, this is, uh, this is a serious situation, and they they want to they want to go around one more time and 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 celebrate with their fans. And and I'm not saying that all 30 million uh, Canadians are going to try to get tickets, but even if a quarter of them do, uh, there's just not enough seats to go around. So there's going to be uh, high demand and limited supply, and that's going to cause a lot of problems. So, and again, this today was the the pre-sale for the uh, for the fan base, which um, I guess if well for a lot of people who thought if they sign on to be an official tragically hip fan, somehow they magically were going to get tickets, and that you know there's a lot of fans apparently, so that doesn't happen. But right. this this does happen with other concerts as well. A big ticket comes in. You and I chatted a few months ago or a few weeks ago, I can't remember now, about Paul McCartney and how you got him. Right. I mean, the day that Paul McCartney tickets went on sale, I was on the computer. Uh, I may as well have taken 
you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could have done anything better with my time probably at that moment than to try and get on. It was impossible. It's, it's so difficult. So, yeah. so you, though, it, walk us through how this works, because the day you also were on here talking about Garth Brooks, and you were telling me that day that you were able, through the computer, to actually see how many people were trying to log in and what the queue was like. Walk us through how you can monitor what's going on when a big ticket goes on sale. Well, you know, you know, it really is a matter of it, it's as if you know you've got you know one chocolate donut at Tim Hortons and you've got a hundred people that want it. Some you know most aren't getting one, and and it's no different with concert tickets. So typically, what happens is um, there will be pre-sales, and there's different. There's typically three uh, versions of a pre-sale uh, for most shows. You have the fan club is always first, and you have American Express, which is a sponsor uh, that that if you have an American Express card, you also have access to tickets before anyone else. So there are, there are typically those two elements, and usually there's a third, which is a venue pre-sale. So the first Ontario's pre-sale, which is anyone that has signed up on our website to receive our newsletter, for example. It's free to do, and you get a special code that you can utilize to, to access tickets prior to the general public. That's typically how it works. Now, with the Tragically Hip specifically, it was similar, except there was no venue piece. So they did have the fan club piece, and they did have the American Express piece, and um, and there was overwhelming demand, as you can imagine, as, as, there, as there should be, uh, and not everyone can get a ticket. Um, and, you know, and so it's really just a supply and demand issue, uh, but there are ways to try to better position yourself like I said, with the American Express card, with the fan club, uh, to get tickets. But again, it's no guarantee because uh, yeah, I don't know how many people are in the in the hip fan club or how many people have American Express cards. Um, but if there are a number of them, then you know you're. Uh you know, you're, you're certainly behind the eight ball, so to speak. Well, give an example, because again, when you had the Garth Brooks situation, you were online, you told me that day, right. looking at the computer and seeing how many people at, I think, 10 o'clock, let's say, the tickets were going to go on sale, how many people were waiting in the queue to buy tickets. Now, for one, it, and obviously you added concerts, but if there had been one night that the, he was going to be playing, you've right. got, what, 16,000 maybe, depending on the stage setup, yeah. and how many people were waiting online to try and get those tickets? Yeah, so in the in that particular situation, you know, we had probably you know approximately eighteen thousand seats available for for that show, and as soon as not even as soon as it went on sale, about fifteen minutes prior to the on sale, there were at least twenty seven thousand people trying to get tickets now, and, and or, or queued up ready to get tickets as soon as they went on sale. Now, now, so what typically happens is, let's say, you know, obviously you can't have 27,000 uh, get tickets because there's only 18,000. And, and, and so even if they only got one ticket each, it doesn't work, right? The math doesn't add up. So, so if you go on, for instance, and so let's say you have, you know, in the case of the hip, you may have about, I don't know, call it 12,000 tickets available uh, for this particular show. And you go on sale and you've got, you know, 20, 30,000 people trying to get tickets. And they're not just one ticket. They may want four. Right. Uh, and so, so what happens is people immediately go into the system. They immediately say, I want four tickets. And now all of a sudden, to the computer and the people trying to get tickets, there are four gone. So they're not gone, really. It's just got, they're in someone's shopping cart, so to speak. But, but to everyone else, they're gone. So as soon as uh, it goes on sale... Everyone's all getting, you know, the shopping carts are all full and the tickets are gone. So you could go in the very next, next second and, and, and presumably you, know, you would, you would look and say, okay, everything's sold out. 
and it may very well be if everyone goes through with their with their purchase. Uh, it can be that quick. But you've got, it's, again, you've got, you know, in this particular case with the hip, I'm easily guessing, you know, 30,000 plus people trying to get, you know, 12,000 tickets and it just isn't going to work. Right. So um, if you have, so just to back up and do the math again, if you have 20,000 people in a queue for a 12,000 seat available ticket thing and everybody were to get or to ask for four, that means the first 3,000 people who have got through have essentially cleaned out the tickets. As far as, as far as what the computer is reading right there. Now, do you know, Correct. Scott, how many, through Ticketmaster or through whoever else, do you know how many orders the computer could actually, can it handle all of those simultaneously until they're gone, or does it put everyone now into a funnel to go through this? Yeah, it puts a, you know, everyone goes in, and it's sort of, you're almost like, you're waiting, because it gives you, I want to say you've got 10 minutes to finalize that purchase. So again, it locks so, up those tickets. So it locks out tickets for those 10 minutes, and they, if they go through their purchase, great. But if not, they, they would get released back into the system, and whoever's sort of still in queue, it's still waiting, it could, can pick those right up. It's, it, it's really just a mess. That's the biggest problem, and it's hard for people to understand, and I get it. Well, I mean, I get the frustration. That as a, as a, I've been to many concerts as a fan, uh, and, and I want to go to see the show, and if I don't have access, I, you know, and it's sold out so quickly, I, I get frustrated. But it really is when you have these high-demand shows, uh, and the hip is just that. It's it's you know not only fans that want shows. There are cities that want shows that aren't getting one. You know, I'd love two shows in Hamilton, if not more. Um, so it, it really is just this demand for this particular concert is is going to be off the charts. And as a result of that, there's just going to be limited availability for for folks. And um, and then they start looking at, as you know, these secondary. Sites. Well, just before we get to the secondary sites, you talked about the pre-sales. Typically, and again, this is different because they didn't do the venue pre-sale, but typically, Correct. by percentage, roughly, and I know it's probably different for each one, but for a fan base, what percentage would there be? For the American Express, what percentage of the available tickets, and on and on down until you get to the public sale? What would be the breakdown? Yeah, there, there really isn't one that's set, so it's hard to say. You know, there's there are times when you know, it's it's fifty percent of of the house or more that's available to the general public. Um, it, it, you know, and it's really um, you know, and and there are certain artists that are very particular that say, look, I want great seats to be available for the people that buy uh, on on Friday. So we can't you know we, we we can't eat up all the good seats with these pre-sales. When the general public happens, the public has to have access to some great seats. Um, and, and so they, they do that accordingly. So, um, so there isn't a real percentage, um, that happens. It's also, cause it also depends on the demand of those pre-sales and, and that sort of thing. So, but these, these high profile shows are just, uh, uh, the, it's problematic because there are people that want tickets that feel like I, you know, that they're not getting them and, or know that obviously they, they're not purchasing them, not being able to. And they're frustrated and angry because they want to see the show. And I get it. We just don't have enough seats in the building. Well, and the the thing I think, Scott, that, I mean, most people, I think, can deal with the idea that, okay, I wanted to go to Tragically Hip, I wanted to go to Paul McCartney, but, you know, I just, I, I didn't get through, and so be it. I lost out to a bunch of fans. I think what drives right. people insane is when they go to these secondary websites and they see all these thousands of tickets that are for massively marked up prices. And what sure. I guess people don't understand is, how do those, it's got to be by robot, it's got to be by computer that these companies are buying them, but most of the websites now, don't they have something on there that says, you know, pick all the pictures that have trees in it or something, like there's something yeah, right. to try and make it so they can't do it. How are they still beating the system? 
Well, here's the, but there, you got to you got to remember that you know just as uh, the general fans have the opportunity to join the fan club, so do scalpers, right? Just as you know, scalpers have the ability to have American Express cards. So, so when they uh, when they go and say, well, the fan club, because like, you take a look, I don't know how much strategically hip fan club is, for example, or any other fan club, call it fifty dollars. But the, it's it's worth being the the uh, a fan club member of the hip for fifty bucks. And have access to the thing because you're going to buy, you know, however many tickets you're able to buy, and then put them up for thousands of dollars, and you, you know, you're going to cover your fifty bucks. It was worth the investment. So, you know, they're business people. It's capitalism. They're they're looking at opportunities. So, you know, they join fan clubs. They 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 get American Express cards. They use that and everything. Now there are certain people that try to, uh, certain artists that will try to do a paperless situation, which means that you, you have to bring the card with you that you use to purchase the tickets. And, uh, and that present, prevents the scalping to a degree because, you know, a, a scalper may use an American Express card, but he's not going to send you that card. <laughs> so, so you have to physically have the card with you in hand to uh, get into the building. Um, but again, that can also slow down the process of getting into the building. Um, and so, so they do that sometimes in limited capacity, limited number of tickets that they do for um, in that regard, in that paperless way. So there are all kinds of ways. Ticketmaster is is always on top of you know trying to to uh, outsmart and and get around these 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 bots and these scalpers. Um, but they keep on working hard to make sure they can get access to tickets and and, and sell them. It's like it's like the steroid chase in in sports. You know, the the doctors are always trying to get ahead of the the cheats and vice versa. Um, who who plays the bad guy in this? Then, if this doesn't, if people don't get their tickets, do, do, are you the ones who get screamed at, or is it Ticketmaster, or is it the the band, or is it the scalpers? Who who plays the bad guy in this story? Typically, uh, it's us and, and Ticketmaster that uh, that get the most of, of the backlash, and um, and, and frankly, I've got nothing to, as a venue. It's got nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I don't. Um, we're not selling tickets as a venue to scalpers, and then having them. So, you know, it's not something that we're we're involved in, but it is in our building, and so we get we get the pushback. Uh, and and I get the pushback. It's just there isn't really anything you can do about it other than positioning yourself in a way that's going to give you the best opportunity to get tickets, whether that's fan club, American Express card, uh, venue, uh, signing up for the venue newsletter so that you get uh, you know, a, a code. doesn't guarantee you tickets, but it certainly better positions yourself than if you don't do those things. Just very quickly, we just got a minute or so left here. If you, Scott Warren, general manager of Global Spectrum, if you were simply a ticket-buying guy who wanted to get tickets, how do you? What would your advice be? How would you? What would the best way be for you to go and try and get tickets to a really hot concert? What what strategy would you use? <laughs> oh man, you know I'd be like everyone else, and the the only thing I would know would be probably the venue because I don't have an American Express card, and I'm I don't I'm not a member of any fan club. Um, so I the, the only opportunity I would do I'd say okay I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely going to subscribe to, you know, the ACC's newsletter or First Ontario's newsletter in order to get access to a presale code. But that there's no there's nothing else you can do. And and when people buy off secondary sites, they're not it's not guaranteed, you know, that the ticket's valid. That's also one of the problems. I've had people come to me that bought. I had a, a Jay Z concert in one of my venues, and I had people 
pay $700 a ticket for, for tickets to come in. And when they got to the door, they weren't valid and they, they, they were out $700 each for tickets and they couldn't even see the show. Yikes. Um, so it's just, you go through the channels, the best channels you can. And if you can't get in the show, um, you know, if you can't get tickets, then, um, uh, yeah, you just, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of uh, solutions. I mean, people can go to the secondary markets. I don't recommend it because, again, it's not, it's not secure. We don't know that the tickets can be valid. When, when you get to the door, you, you may get turned away after spending, you know, a thousand bucks on the ticket. So, um, I'm with everyone else as a as a ticket buyer, and uh, you know I would just position myself as best I can. And the only way I really would be able to do that myself is uh, is the venue venue presale. That's all I could do. So um, I feel the pain. <laughs> I really do, uh, and I'm a huge tragically hip fan. So uh, so I, you know I, I'm fortunate that I'll um, you know that it's at my building. But if uh, um, but I would be one of the ones, uh, you know, fairly frustrated to be to be honest. If uh, if I couldn't get tickets, but it's like I said, it's simply supply and demand. As I let you go, you're in touch with all the buildings all over North America. Has anyone ever? I mean, we have season tickets for sports events. Has anyone ever tried doing it? You could buy a season ticket for basically every event that a, a stadium would hold. Well, the problem with it uh, is that you don't know year to year what's going to happen. Last exactly. Year, no, you know, exactly. We You'd were, be taking a risk, but it would be give you a guaranteed spot. Well, and it's also what do you charge for it? Because ticket prices from a carton year are different than Headley, right? So it's sort of a. You, so what is that? What is the fee that you would charge? It, it is a bit wonky. So no, I, there isn't really a system like that, uh, other than in some subscription series and theaters. You know, they have maybe a concert series or something like that. But in terms of major arena shows, there isn't really a. Um, a system like that in place currently. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines: you pay a five hundred dollar fee or something, and that puts you a guaranteed ticket for uh, for all the different shows that you would then want to buy. And you'd have so to cap it like, somewhere. Sounds like we need to go in business. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Every one of the ideas I've ever had for business has been a bad one, Scott. So take it under advisement. But nonetheless, it's uh, <laughs> just understand. I, I understand the frustration today because again, I mean, I uh, I ended up getting Paul McCartney tickets, but boy, oh boy, it you know for that concert, man, it was it was insanity to try and find some. And I understand there were so many people. I mean, I think Garth Brooks, quite frankly, had it right. Just keep selling tickets until nobody else wants a ticket, and then say, okay, right. that's enough. We're we're full. Absolutely, and that was the secret to, to his success, which is, you know, keep creating the supply in, until they're, you know, until demand is satisfied, and then you're good, and you don't have to worry about the scalpers. And that's exactly what took place for Garth. But a lot of bands can't do that. They, you know, they can't sit down and and, and play, you know, four or five shows in in, in one week like Garth did. Uh, the Hip certainly could. I have no doubt that if I put five shows on with the Hip, it would they'd all go clean. Um, but uh, but we, you know, for me. You know, I also want to look out for Gord's health. Frankly, you know, I'd love to get another show, but I also know that you know he's going to need rest, and he's going to uh, he's going to give it his all when he's on stage. And so, um, so I got to just keep that in consideration as well. Scott Warren, general manager of First Ontario Centre Global Spectrum Core Entertainment. He's got a long business card. It's becoming uh, a, a two-page <laughs> one by now. Scott, always appreciate you doing this. Thanks for taking the time tonight. You're welcome. Thank you so much.